Peace and Black Power family. This is the Prince of Pan-Africanism, Dr. Umar Johnson. Today, I want to go back to the basics and I want to talk about the philosophy that I live for, that I represent, that I advocate, and that if necessary, I will die for. And that is the philosophy of revolutionary pan-African nationalism. Today I want to talk about the principles of revolutionary pan-African nationalism. And the reason I want to go back to the basics today is because I have amassed tens of thousands of new supporters over the past couple of years. And those supporters who have only been following me for one year, three years, maybe even five years, may not totally and truly understand what revolutionary pan-African nationalism is. And as we move forward towards renovating the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy, it's gonna be important that you understand what it is that the organization I founded, Team Pan-African, actually is fighting for. The International Movement for the Independence and Protection of African People is a revolutionary Pan-African nationalist organization. And you need to be fully aware of what we stand for because if you are in conflict with any principle of revolutionary Pan-African nationalism, then you cannot join me, you cannot join us, you cannot struggle with us, you cannot be a part of us. Although we consider all African people unofficial members of the organization, to be an official member of the organization, you have to accept all of the major principles of revolutionary pan-African nationalism. So I wanna go ahead and talk about maybe the 10 most important ones because there is no limit to the principles of revolutionary pan-African nationalism. But we will try to address at least the major ones that we have. And so number one, right from the beginning, is the principle of unity. Unity, local and international, domestic and foreign. We believe that all people of direct African ancestry are members of a single human family. And that that human family is not only an anthropological grouping, it is not only a sociological grouping, it is not only a spiritual grouping, it is not only a superficial identifier, but it is also a political entity. And that is being part of the African family the African family. Now, we don't see a need to split hairs over words. We use the term African because we wanna make sure people are clear that we connect ourselves directly with the landmass known as Africa. But if someone wants to use Al-Kibalan, Tom Mary, Ta-Nehisi, 
any of the ancient indigenous names of the African continent, we don't have no problem with that. We don't have no problem with that. But we use the word African because we want to make sure people understand that we are talking about the continent of Africa, that we clearly and unapologetically identify that continent as our ancestral homeland. Because every people must be connected to history and land. You must have history and you must have land. To be African is to have both history and land. Okay? Very clear. Now, as far as the word African, there's a lot of misinformation that's been put out by the anti-African intellectual masturbators who have put out such fraudulent information like the word Africa comes from Leo Africanus. That is incorrect. The word Africa existed before Leo Africanus was born. There's other people who say the Europeans named Africa. That is also a lie. The word Africa was being used by our ancestors before any white man ever came to the continent. The word Africa, Af-Ra-Ka, is composed of three phonemes. Af-Ra-Ka is composed of three phonemes. Af-Ra-Ka, Af, meaning of or from. Af means of or from. Af-Ra. Ra means God. Ra is supreme divine consciousness. Ra. And Ka means soul or spirit. So you have Af, which means from. You have Ra, which is God. And you have Ka, which means soul. Three ancient Nalvali phonemes compose the word Africa. Af, which is from, Ra, which is God, Ka, it's his soul or spirit. So when you put it together, the word Africa means what, brothers and sisters? I am from the soul of God. I am from the spirit of God. I am from the essence of God. I am from the epitome of divine energy. That's what Africa means okay what is most important for us from a unity perspective what is most important for us from a unity perspective what is most important for us from a unity perspective brothers and sisters is not what you choose to call yourself. We do not intellectually masturbate that point. What you choose to call yourself is not the main issue. It is whether or not you identify with those of us who call ourselves African and whether you consider the mother continent to be the ancestral homeland of us all. So for example, I have some African Hebrew Israelite brothers. Not all Israelites consider themselves African, but there are some who consider themselves African Hebrew Israelites. 
I have no problem at all with them calling themselves African Hebrew Israelites because the word African comes first. The word African comes first. So they're making it clear that they identify with those of us who consider ourselves African and they make themselves clear that they recognize Africa to be the original ancestral land of all African people. So I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with Muslims and Christians who recognize that they are African. We only take issue with those who reject being African because if you reject being African at all, not the name, not the name, but the essence, if you reject in principle your affiliation with those of us who consider ourselves African in the continent of Africa, then in essence, you're saying you are, you are not one of us. And if you are not one of us, I'm not messing with you. That's no different than the Puerto Rican who says they're not African. That's no different than the Cuban who says they're not African. That's no different than the Negro American who says I left nothing in Africa. Anyone who does not identify with us in principle, not in name. If for whatever reason you hung up on the word Africa, you want to use something else, that's not a problem. But if you reject unity, membership in the human African family in principle, then we will reject you. Then we will reject you. Then we will reject you. To be African is a privilege. To be African is a blessing. To be African is one of the greatest gifts that can be bestowed upon you, but we cannot see it because of what the European has done to us. To be African is one of the greatest gifts that can be bestowed upon you, but we cannot see it because of what has been done to us. So unity, the first principle, and these are in no order, unity is right next to identity. Unity and identity go hand in hand. One of the biggest problems we have in America, one of the reasons it's so difficult to unite us, one of the reasons why we have so much self-hatred, one of the reasons it's so difficult to bring unity to Americanized Africans is because we do not have a shared identity. We do not have a shared identity. We do not have a shared identity. How are you going to unify people who do not have a shared identity? So unity and identity goes hand in hand. This is why black people can unite with white people before their own people. Because they identify with white people. This is why the African American Sunni Muslim can unite with an Arab. This is why an African-American Sunni Muslim can unite with an Arab. Okay, he can unite with an Arab before he unites with his own brother. Before he unites with his own brother because he identifies. He, I, I'm, I'm, today I'm going to silently invite people to the block party.
Today I'm going to silently, so when I send people to the block party, when you see me touch the screen, that means I'm sending people to the block party. So the sister said, do I know my original last name? I do not. And the question is irrelevant for me. It is absolutely irrelevant. People change their names every day. People change their names every day. What is most important is not what your name was. What is most important is knowing who you are. What is most important is not knowing what your name was. What is most important is knowing who you are. You can change your name every day. That's superficial. Stop majoring in the minors. Stop majoring in the minors. Stop being petty. Stop being childish. Stop enjoying negativity. So let's keep on going. Unity, identity. Let me throw Facebook up because they asking me to get you on Facebook. I'm going to give Facebook a little bit of love. I'm going to give Facebook a little bit of love. I'm going to give Facebook a little bit of love. So we're talking about the principles of Team Pan-African. We're talking about the principles of the International Movement for the Independence and Protection of African People. We're talking about the principles of revolutionary Pan-African nationalism. Revolutionary Pan-African nationalism. Revolutionary Pan-African nationalism. So unity. All Africans are members of one family. One family. Whether the family speaks Portuguese, whether the family speaks Spanish, whether the family speaks English, whether the family speaks Zulu, whether the family speaks Wolof, whether the family speaks Kosa, whether the family speaks Swahili, whether the family speaks Tweet, whatever language we speak, whatever ethnicity we claim, whatever nationality we assume, whatever religion we ascribe to, we are members of a family. Does it matter if your brother becomes Catholic? Does it matter if your sister becomes a seven day of Venice? Does it matter if your nephew become woke? Does it matter if your grandmom changes her name? Does it matter if you move from one continent to another? Does it matter if you change your nationality? What is consistent and constant? What is consistent and constant above all that? It is your African racial ancestry. It is the blood in you. Your blood don't change when you become a Muslim. Your blood don't change when you become a Christian. Your blood don't change when you give up your American citizenship. Your blood don't change when you move from Africa to Philadelphia or from Puerto Rico to Panama or from Panama to Brazil, from Brazil to China, from China to Canada. Your blood does not change. If you know of a Negro whose blood changed because they accepted Jesus as their Lord, show me that. 
Show me the medical paperwork. If you know of a Negro whose blood changed because they became a Muslim, show me the paperwork. If you know of a Negro whose blood changed because they chose a different nationality or religion or fraternal organization, show me that. Nothing about who we are changes just because we change the label. You don't change because you moved to America. You don't change because you no longer consider yourself a citizen of Ghana. You don't change because of this or that. You don't change because you get a doctorate degree. You are as we are. You are as we are. There's no such thing as a Christian skeleton. There ain't no Muslim skeleton. There ain't no Seventh-day Adventist skeleton. There ain't no Alpha Phi Alpha skeleton. There ain't no uh, uh, Phi Beta Sigma skeleton. There ain't no bourgeois skeleton. There ain't no poor skeleton. There ain't no African-American skeleton, Ghanaian skeleton, South African skeleton, Brazilian skeleton. It's one African skeleton. We all one people. We all one people. And that's why for Pan-Africanists, unity and identity go hand in hand. There can't be no identity without unity and there can't be unity without shared identity principle number three principle number three principle number three collective work and responsibility work and responsibility now some of you will say well wait a minute that's a principle from Milana Karinga's Kwanzaa that's a principle from Milana Karinga's Kwanzaa I beg your pardon that's a principle from the most honorable Marcus Garvey that Milana Karinga borrowed when he made Kwanzaa. That is a principle of the most honorable Marcus Messiah Garvey that Milana Karinga borrowed when he created Kwanzaa. That did not belong to him. That came from the Pan-Africanists. And I want to underscore. I want to underscore. I want to emphasize. I want to emphasize, brothers and sisters, I want to emphasize, brothers and sisters, that there is no Pan-Africanism without work. There must be labor done for black people. Unfortunately, in America, the conscious movement has been reduced to information sharing and dialogue. Black consciousness in America has been reduced to information sharing and dialogue. Information sharing and dialogue. That is the sum total of black consciousness in North America. You share information and you have conversation. Information and conversation. That is a contradiction for the Pan-Africanist. I'm telling you right now. When that school gets renovated, and it will, brothers and sisters, please donate to the fundraiser. Dollar sign FDMG school. Please donate to the fundraiser. Dollar sign FDMG school. Please donate to the fundraiser. Dollar sign FDMG school. But getting back to principle number three, work and responsibility. You got to sweat for this. You got to sweat for liberation. You got to perspire for liberation. You got to go home sick and tired struggling for liberation. 
Your underarms must be sweaty from liberation. This is a work. This is a work. This is a work. When I finished the training in New Orleans, February the 1st, I was dead tired when I went back to my hotel room. I had to stretch. I had to pray. I had to take a shower because the black parent Know Your School Rights Tour is a 12-hour tour. Training, it's a 12-hour training. Last weekend, we did the training in Washington, D.C. That's a 12-hour day. My body be hurting. My body be hurting. But this is Pan-Africanism. We got to sweat this thing out. We got to sweat this thing out, brothers and sisters. You can't just share information and have conversation. That's not no damn liberation movement. How you got a liberation movement and all you do is talk and share articles and videos. Some of you think a YouTube video equals liberation struggle. Some of you think a YouTube video equals liberation struggle. A YouTube video don't equal no damn liberation. We don't even own the platform, so it's a contradiction. We don't even own the platform, so it's a contradiction. We don't even own the platform, so it's a contradiction. Principle number one, we are family. African family first. African family first. African family first. Puerto Rican, Cuban, Panamanian, Ghanaian, Nigerian, Canadian, North Philly, Houston, LA, Detroit, London, England, Birmingham, England. We are one family. Family is first. Hashtag AFF. Hashtag AFF. Hashtag AFF. African family is always first. African family is always first. And that's why sometimes I get upset. Sometimes I get upset because y'all compare me to people who don't do any work. Y'all put me in a box with people who don't do nothing but hustle products and make videos. Hustle products and make videos. I'm sorry, I have a resume that supersedes hustling products and making videos. I don't even have a YouTube channel. I don't even have a YouTube channel. I don't even have a YouTube channel. We have to move away from information and conversation to organization and institutionalization. Let me say it again. Let me say it again. Hashtag AFF, African family is first. I don't want to hear about your religion. African family is first. I don't want to hear about your fraternity. African family is first. I don't want to hear about your nationality. African family is first. I don't want to hear about your ethnicity. African family is first. I don't want to hear about none of your professional organizations. African family is first. Family is always first. 
Blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than religion. Blood is thicker than nationality. Blood is thicker than ethnicity. Blood is thicker than profession. Blood is thicker than fraternity. Blood is thicker than your Masonic Lodge. African family first. Unity, identity, work. Who is doing the work? We have to move from information and conversation to organization and institutionalization. One of the one of the blessings, if God blesses us to get this school up, we're trying to get the small school done, brothers and sisters, the Honorable Marcus Garvey School. I'm praying that we will have this thing ready by the summer. It looks like we can do it. It looks like we can do it. Assuming y'all going to keep donating, assuming everything goes right with these electricians and plumbers and HVACs, I'm looking to have a grand opening of the Garvey School by the end of the summer. I'm still working on that. We want to celebrate 100 years of the red, black, and green flag at the Marcus Garvey School. Excuse me, at the Marcus Garvey Building of the FDMG Academy. Okay? The red, black, and green flag turns 100 years old this August. The red, black, and green flag turns 100 years old this August. The red, black, and green flag turns 100 years old this August, and we want to celebrate that at the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy inside the Marcus Garvey building. But we need work. We need where to work. I'm looking for workers. I don't find workers. I find people who want to attach themselves to Dr. Umar to improve their social networking. I find people who want to attach themselves to Dr. Umar so they can hustle their business ventures. I find people who want to attach themselves to Dr. Umar for employment and other things. Don't come to me unless you are about this work and you are about this life. As one brother the other day said, Dr. Umar, brother, I love you. I follow you, brother. I married a white girl 10 years ago, brother. Well, brother, until you unmarry her, it's best you stay over there, brother. I appreciate you and I love you, but you are no use to me with that white woman on your arm, brother. No disrespect to her. She's a human being, no disrespect to her. But in this walk, in this work, we walk a straight line. We don't curve. We don't curve. There's no curving over here. We walk a straight line. Ain't no curving over here. Ain't no curving over here. We walk a straight line. You got babies. You should stay with that woman until your children are grown because your children have a right to live in a home with both parents, even if one is white. Your children have a right to grow up in a home with mommy and daddy. Your mistake should not be their punishment. Your mistake should not be their punishment. Your mistake should not be their punishment. So stay with that white woman until your children are of age. Until your children are of age. They're still African children and they got a right to be at the house with their mother. You can't make them kids suffer because you made a, a bad political decision. You can't make them children suffer because you made a bad political decision. 
Now, you'll be able to come to some meetings. You'll be able to participate because you're still a part of our family, but you can't be in leadership. You can't be a representative of this because you have a contradiction in your lifestyle. You are There's a contradiction there. But once your children are of age, then maybe we can talk about that. Then maybe we can talk about that. See, one of the reasons people don't like me is because I don't play games when it comes to the principles of the work that I do. This is one of the reasons why I got so many enemies because they was once cool with me, but then they do something that is violates what the hell I'm living for. Don't play games with my life's work. Don't play games with my life's work. Don't play games with my life's work because there's nothing funny about this. There is nothing funny about this. Malcolm X had his chest blown out in front of his wife and kids. Ain't nothing funny about this. Marcus Garvey died with a broken heart because of this. Ain't nothing fun. Patrice Lumumba had his body cut up into little pieces. Ain't nothing funny about this. Nothing funny. Amical Cabral was blown up in a car. Walter Rodney blown up in a car. There's nothing funny about this. We have to move from conversation and information to organization and institutionalization. Principle number four. And this is going to make some of my Christians uncomfortable. Some of my religious people are going to be uncomfortable with principle number four. And principle number four is we believe in black power and control over everything in our community. Black power and control over everything in our community. We reject anybody who says God blesses the poor. We reject anybody who says God blesses the poor. Because from what we understand, and history will inform you of if you study it, God does not bless the poor. God blesses the powerful. God does not bless the poor. God blesses the powerful. God does not bless the poor. God blesses the powerful. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. God blesses those who exercise their power to achieve their destiny. Let me say it another way. God blesses those who exercise their group power to achieve their collective destiny. Why are white folks being blessed? Why are Europeans being blessed? Because they're using, although in the wrong way, although demonically, although negatively, they're using collective group power to achieve the destiny they have made for themselves. The Chinese are using collective group power to achieve a shared destiny. The Indians of India are using collective group power to achieve a shared destiny. The Mexicans are using collective group power to achieve a shared destiny. The only people I know the only people I know who refuse to use 
collective power to achieve group destiny is the African. Is the African. God favors the powerful. Say it at night before you go to bed 30 times. God favors the powerful and we can be powerful. I don't believe in this poverty stuff. I don't believe in this poverty consciousness. Because when you start teaching people that God favors the poor, everybody want to stay broke. When you teach people that God favors the poor, everybody want to stay broke. So I want to get us away from the, this poverty consciousness into an empowerment consciousness. And I'm not talking money, I'm talking wealth. I'm not talking money, I'm talking wealth. I'm talking black banks, black schools, black hospitals, black factories, black shipping line, black transportation, black elderly homes, black security. We believe in black power and control over everything that we need. So that automatically means what? That automatically means what? That automatically means we don't trust black organizations that receive non-black money cannot be relied on for liberation purposes. Black organizations that receive non-black money cannot be relied on for liberation purposes. Let me clarify this. Let me clarify this. Some of you are going to say, wait a minute, Dr. Umar. My after-school program gets money. Are you telling me that that's wrong? Wait a minute, Dr. Umar. My organization gets some grants for the school that we run. Are you telling me that I'm wrong? Wait a minute, Dr. Umar. We get some money to clean up the neighborhood from the city or the state or the feds or Walmart or Chase Manhattan. Is that wrong? I'm not going to say you wrong. Okay? Because you are not a liberation organization. Your after-school program funded by the white man is not a liberation organization your program to clean up the neighborhood funded by the white man is not a liberation organization so i'm not talking to you i'm talking about organizations that claim to be liberation organizations you cannot be a liberation organization funded by non-africans you cannot be a liberation organization funded by non-Africans. I'm not talking about the after-school program. I'm not talking about the charter school. I'm not talking about your homeless program, your feed the hungry program. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about liberation organizations cannot take money. We must be financially independent and we must be politically independent, which is the next principle. We must be politically independent, which is the next principle. As Pan-Africanists, we aren't Democrats or Republicans. As Pan-Africanists, we are not Democrats, Republicans, Green Party, Libertarian. If we're going to join any party, it must be controlled by blacks, not owned by blacks, controlled by blacks, because we got a bad habit of having an organization founded by blacks controlled by whites. It must be controlled and owned by the charter school is a good example. Charter schools might be started by blacks, 
but they are controlled by whites. Well, this is my black organization, you know, and it was started by black people and we a hundred years old, you know, we do take money from white folks, you know, we got a lot of white members, but we black owned, yeah, but you white controlled. You are white controlled. You are white controlled. It must be black controlled. But the reason, the reason you don't hear a lot about black control, the reason you don't hear a lot about black control no more is because in order for institutions to be owned and controlled by blacks, we got to build them. Here we go again. We got to sweat. We got to build them. We got to sweat. Y'all don't want to sweat. Y'all don't want to sweat. Y'all just want to be comfortable. I'm going to go to the white hospital. Be comfortable until they kill you. I'm going to rely on the white police. Be comfortable until they kill you. I'm going to rely on the white supermarket. Be comfortable until they kill you. Which takes us to another principle of Pan-Africanism, and that is sacrifice. Sacrifice. We will only progress to the extent that we are willing to sacrifice. Liberation is the most expensive thing you can purchase. Liberation is the most expensive thing you can purchase. Liberation costs more than that Mercedes. It costs more than that Maybach. It costs more than that Aston Martin. It costs more than that home up on the hill with the two swimming pools. Liberation costs more than your clothing, your Louis bag, your weave, your perm, them Jordans. Liberation is the most expensive thing you can purchase. There is nothing you can buy that is more expensive than your liberation. There is nothing you can buy that is more expensive than your liberation. If you know something that costs more than black liberation, please tell me what it is. I don't know nothing that costs more than black liberation. And the reason why we are not free yet is because we do not want to write the metaphorical check to purchase it. Black people have the liberation check in their hands, but the liberation check is blank. Black people have the liberation check in our hands, but the liberation check is blank. It's blank. And in order to sign that check, we're going to have to put a dollar amount. We're going to have to put what this check is made out to. But guess what? Not only will you have to put money on that check, you may have to put incarceration on that check. You may have to put assassination on that check. You may have to put your career on hold on that check. You may have to get fired from your job on that check. You may have to give up your white girlfriend for that check. 
We don't want to sign that damn check. That's why we still got a chain around the brain. We still got a chain around the brain. But let me say this, brothers and sisters. Let me say this, brothers and sisters. Let me say this. The lock that's on the mind of the Negro, the lock and chain that is on the collective consciousness of the Negro is not a key lock. It's a combination lock. It is not a key lock. You cannot take a key and unlock the consciousness of the Negro. It's not. Some of y'all think it's a key lock. See, some of y'all trying to unlock it with a reparations key. You want to stick the reparations key in the lock and unchain the Negro consciousness. It's not going to work. The reparations key is not going to unlock that Negro consciousness. The reparations key is not going to lock unlock the Negro consciousness because it's not a key lock. It's a combination lock. It's a combination lock. Some of y'all want to use the Bible key. We can unlock it with the Christian key. Let's just put the Christian key and unlock the post-traumatic slavery disease of the Negro. Maybe we can unlock it with a Christian key. The Christian key not working though. The reparations key not working. Let's just get some money from the white man. That key not working. The Christian key. Then somebody say, wait a minute. Let's go get a Muslim key. Maybe a Muslim key will unlock it. Aha. Okay. Sorry about that, Instagram. I'm struggling a little bit, brothers and sisters. Bear with me. Let me get this right. Bear with me. I got a little excited. Okay. So then you get another key. You get another key. Let's try the Islamic key. Maybe the Islamic key will work. Alham. Uh, 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 let's get the Islamic key. So we try to unlock the Negro psyche with the Islamic key. So the Islamic key don't work. The Christian key don't work. The reparations key don't work. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's try the integration key. Maybe if we integrate, we can unlock this shit. So we get the integration key and we keep on trying to unlock. Keep on trying to unlock. Unlock. The psyche of the Negro with the integration key. It don't work. You know why none of those keys are working? Why none of the keys are unlocking the consciousness of African people? Because it's a combination lock. And what do we know about a combination lock? It takes a combination. It takes a combination. It takes a combination of different factors that must be perfectly placed at the perfect time in the perfect space in order to liberate the consciousness of the African. It is a combination lock. What do we know about the combination lock? 
in order to unlock this collective consciousness of the Negro, you need the right combination. Certain factors placed in the right order at the right time in the right place to finally liberate the consciousness of African people. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? So what are the first two things that have, what are the first two combinations in that combination lock? What's the first one and what's the second one? What's the first one and what's the second one? The first two, the first two grooves of that combination that must be placed at the right time and in the right order and in the right sequence are education and economics. Education and economics. Education and economics. Education and economics. You have to educate the babies and you have to employ the adults. You have to educate the babies and you have to employ the adults. You have to re-educate the adults, educate the babies, and you're going to have to put your own people to work. Listen to me. Independent economics is critical to Pan-African liberation. Independent economics is critical to Pan-African liberation. Independent economics is critical to Pan-African liberation and, and there's psychological reasons for it. Some of y'all say, well, black people need money. Until black people get money, ain't nothing going to change. Nah. Let me tell you one of the reasons why reparations alone will not solve the problems of black folks. Let me tell you one of the reasons why reparations alone will not solve the problems of American Africans. Let me tell you why reparations. Because who will the reparations come from? Who will the reparations come from? Who Will the reparations come from? The reparations is going to come from the same person who gave you your slavery. So the slave is going back to the master. The slave is going to go back to the master and say, Master, you owe us. Because you let us off those plantations 400 years with nothing and we need something to get started. So since the massa is going to give you the reparations and I support reparations, y'all, I support it. It comes from the, the Pan-Africanists were the first to put forth the reparations argument. We did that. More than 100 years ago, we did that. We've always been looking for reparations. That ain't nothing new. And it comes from the Pan-Africanists. And Marcus Garvey was the first one to lay down a major blueprint. Everybody else is late. Everybody else is late. This ain't nothing new. Reparations is a Pan-Africanist product. So now, so now, if your oppressor is going to give you reparations, 
That means what, y'all? He controls the whole system. I'm going to give you reparations. But because I, I know I have to give Negroes some money, because they don't want no wealth, they want cash. Negroes want cash. So because I got to give Negroes some money, I'm going to have to make some adjustments in other places. Oh, yes. See, y'all don't understand the devil y'all working with. Y'all don't understand the devil y'all working with. Y'all don't understand the devil y'all working with. So when he gives you your reparations, he's going to make adjustments to his economy. He's going to make adjustments to his criminal justice system. He's going to make adjustments to his legal system. He's going to make all these adjustments. So by the time you get your reparations money, it won't even be able to benefit you the way that it should have because he would have adjusted your ass out of any power whatsoever. <laughs> he would have adjusted your ass out of any power whatsoever. It's like when you go Christmas shopping at Walmart, which I don't do and you shouldn't do, but Negroes love white folks. Whatever white people do, you do. They jump out the window, you jump out the window. What do they do? They drop the prices before Christmas to make you think it's on sale. And then when it's time for Christmas shopping, excuse me, they raise the prices before Christmas and then they drop them back down to normal to make you think they're giving you a discount. They raise the prices before Christmas and then they drop them back down to make you think you're getting a discount. They raise the prices before Christmas and then they drop the prices back down to normal. They don't cut the price. They just bring them back down to normal to make you think you're getting a deal. The devil going to do the same thing with reparations. He's already started. He's already started. Have y'all seen the articles coming out on LBGT reparations? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. How many of you have been reading these articles on LGBT reparations? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let me tell you what the white man going to do. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Let me tell you what he going to do. When he reaches his reparations settlement, he's going to make it a minority reparations bill. Mark my words. Mark my words. It's going to be a minority reparations bill. Watch. Watch. It's going to be a minority reparations bill. And he's going to say that this is for all people who have been oppressed in America. This is for all people who have been oppressed in America. This is for all people who have been oppressed in America. Watch. He's going to say part of this reparations got to go to the physically handicapped. Part of his reparations got to go to immigrants who've been mistreated. Part of his reparations got to go to the Japanese from World War II internment. And then he's going to say these reparations got to go to women. This reparations is going to have to go to homosexuals and Trump. Watch me. Watch. Watch what I'm telling you. Watch what I'm telling you. Because y'all have failed to understand one of the core teachings of Pan-Africanism. Y'all have failed to understand one of the core 
teachings of Pan-Africanism. And that is, and that is, nothing your oppressor gives you will ever benefit you. Let me say it again, because y'all don't understand. Nothing your oppressor gives you will ever benefit you. Let me say it again. What your oppressor gives you will never, ever, ever benefit you. Oh, yes. I'm for reparations, but I am not for the way we going about it. I am not for it the way we going about it at all. Because we're using it not as a supplemental strategy to a nation building program. See, if we had a nation building program, if we had, yes, donate to the school, dollar sign FDMG school on your cash app. 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 If you need to mail in your donation, make it payable to the FDMG Academy, P.O. Box 9634. P.O. Box 9634. P.O. Box 9634, Wilmington, Delaware. That is Wilmington, Delaware, 19809. We appreciate $1, but we would rather have 10. We appreciate $20, but we would rather have 50. We appreciate $50, but we would rather have 100. We appreciate $100, but we would rather have 200. We're trying to renovate a school, brothers and sisters. We're trying to renovate a school. We're not fixing a, we're not fixing a, fixing a flat tire. We're not fixing a flat tire. We're not opening up a penny candy shop. We're not selling water ices, okay? We're not selling hot dogs. We're renovating a school. Do you understand? Do you understand? So please, brothers and sisters, give what you can. We're building an institution. Okay?